Where in hell can you go? Far from the things that you know Far from the sprawl of concrete That keeps crawling its way Keep your heart off your sleeve Guppy Productions present From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Colm Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher. Episode 18. A Matter of Trust. Sean is a big Geordie policeman, both in rank and stature, having attained the position of Detective Inspector in the Metropolitan Police and spent his career thus far dealing with terrorists, robbers and other less savoury elements of London society. He it was who led the British investigative team after the recent and infamous Bali bombing, so this will not be his first visit to Indonesia in recent times. Alison is also a northern lass, although both have lived down amongst the soft southerners for most of their working lives, and thus do the few Bohobo village folk that we converse with learn that we English speak the same words in rich and diverse accents. Both have been keen to see what we've been up to, and it is our great pleasure to make our first friends welcome at our new completed lodge. That said, we still don't have a cooker, and so, on the second day, and having spent time showing them around the immediate vicinity, and introducing them to certain of the key people in our new lives, we take the jeep to downtown Monado, and purchase and organise delivery of a five-ring cooker and oven, which is fuelled by a large gas bottle. We also need a refrigerator and chest freezer, and these having also been duly purchased, we are in a position to properly self-cater for the first time. We do not, however, self-cater very much, as Aris volunteers Sulce to prepare delicious Indonesian meals for us in the evenings, and so we have a cook, and a very excellent cook at that. Aris has made the position of our driver his own, and in this way do we by degrees acquire the staff which we will in due course need to work full-time at the lodge, without having the bother of thinking about such things ourselves, the general principle being that whatever is needed to be done, someone will be found to do it. We also consider that it would be a good idea to buy a washing machine, but this idea is frowned upon. A washing machine does the work that a person could do, and whilst to us this is the whole point of it, our new staff consider this to be a bad thing, as it deprives someone of a job, and such labour-saving devices are not welcome at the lodge, precisely because they save labour. So we don't buy a washing machine which our research in any case tells us are scarcely available in town. There are a few top-loading twin tubs which would not look out of place in an up-to-date 1960s English kitchen, and tumble dryers don't exist here. We also, and by now somewhat tentatively, inquire about dishwashers, an inquiry which only receives blank looks from the staff of about the only shop in Monado which sells white goods. We explained that it's a machine which washes crockery, cutlery and the like. But they've never heard of one of those. 
In polite terms, we were informed that people, not machines, wash plates. So that's about as far as we can go with such things. Solche will wash the dishes, and Fenny, Solche's friend, will wash our clothes, which will be hung out on a washing line at her house and duly ironed. And who are we to argue? The only thing which Solche asks for is a rice cooker, which Sean and Alison kindly buy for us by way of a thanks-for-having-us gift. And so we quite quickly have a fully equipped kitchen, as far as we are able and allowed to fully equip it. Essential domestic matters having been taken care of, we can now turn our attention to giving Sean and Alison a holiday. So it's out on the boats to the islands, or to the hotel swimming pool while Phil goes diving, or into town and up into the highlands, which is Sean's favourite place. We go there more than once, and eat at the beautiful resort where we once had our definitive conversation with a certain Indonesian lady, or at the freshwater fish restaurants over Lake Tondano. In the interests of speed and greater comfort, we hire a hatchback for the Highland trips. And on one of our visits, we happen upon a furniture maker who works with the Chinese bamboo and who has chairs and a low table for sale. Not wishing to miss this opportunity, we somehow manage to get a table and chair set and ourselves in the car and have a very uncomfortable journey home. We can now keep beer cold so pleasant evenings are spent under the mango tree with various of the village people. Oni is not much in evidence during this time, though he does make an occasional appearance and the thin veneer of friendship between us is getting thinner all the time. Sean, having a great deal of experience with reading people, concludes very quickly that Oni is essentially a liar, which adds further fuel to our own conclusions. We've come to realise that Oni is not popular in the village, in large part because he is not from the village, but also because of his attitude. In his mind, because he is working closely with the white people, he has status and considers himself to be above the common throng. Harris maintains a state of uneasy friendship with him, probably because he is hedging his bets and there might be something in it for him, so he keeps a foot in both camps. But it is clear that Neoman dislikes him, and Neoman is a far better bellwether as to the general feeling within the village populace. The Pentecostal church is still there. Land certificates take a long time to process and we are still waiting for the land registry office to do their business, whereby Oni gets his name on more of our land. We are uneasy about this aspect of the deal, but really we have no choice in the matter, since as foreigners we cannot own land in our own right and Oni is still officially our business partner. 
we do at least by now have our business registration documents, so all is now actually and finally official in this regard. Are the trees in your street? Is the grass beneath your feet? Let our land be the one. Does the tap at your sink give you water fit to drink? Let our land be the one. Do our arms welcome our friends? Are our passports valid? Jerusalem awake now empty-handed And with the wealth to guarantee A healthy life for all Why not prove we have the grace To catch the ones who fall Something happens one morning which, in our small history, is of historical significance. During the building work, the lodge was something of a free-for-all and a fun place for the village children and people in general to hang out when there was nothing better to do, which was apparently quite a lot of the time. As the builders left, kids and people also drifted away, but not entirely. And now that we have a lodge containing guests and things of worldly value, we need to reclaim the place and think about security. Now that we have a lot of doors, we have a lot of keys. And one morning, Paula, Newman and I sit down with a pile of keys and key fobs, upon which we write room numbers and descriptions. We have an office on the ground floor, next to the front doors, where most of the keys will be kept and otherwise we put one of each key on a very large keyring, which I hand to Newman. He is surprised, to say the least, and asks, why have we given him the keys? And we explain that from now on he is our housekeeper, in charge of security, if he wants the job. Newman has that which one might call a checkered history. Because of his prowess as a boxer, he has been challenged on a few occasions and thus been involved in fisticuffs, from which he has always emerged quickly victorious. But the police have him on record, and Melda's father once had him put in prison for a few days for trying to marry his daughter, which is the kind of thing which happens around here. This was insufficient deterrent to their young plans, and they married secretly soon thereafter. But he's on file for that too, presumably for trying to marry the wrong girl. So in any case, to be entrusted with the keys to the big white house is something which he hadn't seen coming. Aris, after all, would in his eyes be a more obvious choice, and more obvious still would be Oni. But neither of these do we trust, and from now on everyone, including Oni, who wishes to enter the lodge, will have to get past Newman and ask his permission. It's easy for us to underestimate or understate the kudos which this gives him. 
There are cooks, drivers, gardeners, and so on. But in terms of status, this is the big one. And neither Oni nor Aris will be pleased by our decision. But it's our decision, and this is the only member of our staff whom we've had anything to do with selecting. Questions will be asked of us. Newman, after all, has a reputation for being no good. But we've been here for long enough to know what goes on. And here, we hope, is a case of come the moment, come the man. And we both trust Newman absolutely and above all others. So he walks off into the morning with the keys and with a smile working its way outwards from somewhere deep inside. It is not every day, after all, that one's life changes in so fundamental a way. Don't you go. Find out what further adventures are in store for Phil and Paula as they travel from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.